That feels so much better, doesn't it, Cavs fans? I know I feel considerably better. This is the Fear the Fro podcast, and this is the end of the West Coast road trip. It's over! 14-point victory against the Portland Trailblazers. We shall get into it, but first... Welcome to Fear the Fro. Shot blocked by Mobley! Holy Mobley! Donovan Mitchell is 8 for 8 from downtown! Darius Garland hit it from Euclid! A Cleveland Cavalier podcast. What do we need to add? What do we need to give the coach? The game has come down to space and opportunity. We address that. Hosted by the voice of Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, his name is Bob Schmidt. Bob, Bob Schmidt. Schmidt. Spectacular talent. That guy is a legend. Got at the buzzer! Welcome into the podcast. I am Bob Schmidt, lifelong Cav fan and your host. This may not be as long of a podcast as you're typically used to in the post game because if you were unaware, I dropped another pod pregame with the Portland Trailblazers podcast host of the Jack Ramsey's podcast, Danny Morang. And we talked about a lot of the guys on the Trailblazers roster. And I would like to think that I placed a bit of a jinx upon this team because the four guys we spent extensive time on were DeAndre Ayton, Shaden Sharp, Skylar Mace, and Tumani Kamara. Those guys combined to shoot a collective 9 for 39. Roughly 26, 27%. I'm just spitballing the math. Now the high water mark in Portland, the only guy in the starting lineup to shoot above 40% from the field was Jeremy Grant. But I think we can all agree, for those of us who watched the game, Dean Wade... Pressed into the starting lineup for the Cleveland Cavaliers due to the absence of Darius Garland, a neck injury suffered when JaVale McGee barreled into him from behind. Originally, I thought perhaps it was when he was whipping his head around after turning the ball over. But no, it was from the aggressive attempt to gather an offensive rebound from JaVale McGee where he just went through the back of Darius Garland. So without our boy DG, into the starting lineup went Dean Wade. Not Karis LeVert, no. JB did not want to fuck up his rhythm off the bench. Now, is that credit to JB? Who knows? I mean, Karis LeVert, at this point, you got to give credit to Karis LeVert, first and foremost. This man came into this season, and he is making his impact known. The most consistent Cavalier, far and away, but with him to come off the bench, Strew slid to the two, and Dean drew the assignment on Jeremy Grant, a job I thought he did excellently in the first half. Now to the box score watchers, they may criticize Dean. Missed every one of his field goal attempts, but still, even given that information, I would recommend beyond looking at his personal line and tell you to look at the field goal percentage of the Portland Trailblazers because Dean had a massive hand enforcing all of the Blazers into some very difficult looks. Now to the namesake, because I'm dancing around the big guns. We'll get to them. But in a victory like tonight, I do think it's pointing out some of the things that go beyond just the stars. Allen came this close to finally cracking 30 minutes. Now on the season, this has been a very deliberate, slow rollout. He's seventh on the team. I mean, Isaac Okoro is logging more minutes than Jared Allen. I don't know if I realized that until I actually looked at the numbers, but I'll tell you someone who must have felt like Jared Allen played every single minute, and that's Skylar Mays, because Jared Allen, he accumulated three blocks tonight. Every single one of those blocks transpired in the same exact way. Skylar Mays driving past Jared Allen, 
thinking that he had a step, thinking that he had a shot at the rim, and Jared Allen... Get it the fuck out of here. ...wiping it off the face of the earth, coming from behind to swat him. The third one, the most impressive, because it was immediately followed on the other end by a Jared Allen flush. Well, maybe not a flush, kind of a one-handed push over the rim, but still, beautiful, beautiful work by the big man. He's played for six games. It's a bit of a pattern. We've asked less from Jared Allen in the terms of putting up shots on a per 100 possession basis. This would be Jared Allen's lowest output since joining the Cavaliers. However, at the free throw stripe, Jared Allen has doubled up his free throw attempts per 100 possessions, going from five last season to 10 this season. And if the season were to end today, he is shooting them at the best clip of his career, nearly 77%. So if there's one thing that Allen seems to have identified, it's that when he has a step, go to the rim because he's one of the better free throw shooting bigs you're going to see out there. And I think that is born fruits for this Cavalier offense. We've touched on Dean. We've touched on Jared Allen. But those two, they weren't the stars of the night. They were the support stars, the steady minute eaters, did what they needed to do. The real big performers tonight were obviously Donovan Mitchell and Evan Mobley. Now, credit to the Portland Trailblazers bench, because for all the struggles of their starting unit, their bench consisting, I don't think some of you probably ever heard these guys. I know there were guys on the team that I hadn't heard of until a day ago when I was watching them play the Jazz. Duop Reith a man whose name should be Ruop Death. Ruop Death. See, that sounds way cooler, doesn't it? He, Jabari Walker, Tybal, they chipped in for double-digit points. That trio outperformed Grant, Ayton, and Sharp. And that's all you need to know in terms of you're not going to win a game where that happens. But I do think small moral victory for the Portland Trailblazers, something for their development staff to feel good about because those guys showed up and they balled. I was a fan of the first half minutes for Jabari Walker. He got a couple blocks, knocked down both of his looks from outside the arc. And then there was Tybal, who was the most efficient guy on the roster for them. Made five of his six looks a day after being relegated to the bench. Now, I guess you could look at this one of two ways. Tumani Kamara was bad tonight, but do you leave Tybal coming off the bench because he was so good for them tonight there? Or do you reinsert him into the starting lineup? I guess... That's a problem for them. Why am I talking about them? Let's get back to the Cavs. Now, there were three men, Donovan Mitchell, Karis LeVert, and Max Struess, who I thought all had big runs to impose their will. Obviously, Mobley had the run to begin the game, but that was before there was any type of question as to what was going to happen. Things looked a little bleaker in the beginning of the second quarter because that was the only time outside of the first couple buckets of the game when they went up, I want to say, 3 nothing that the Cavaliers lost their lead over the Trailblazers. They found themselves down 34-32, to and Karis LeVert went on a personal 6-0 run where he got to the basket three different times, and one of those, the opportunity, was a self-created opportunity as he stole the ball, broke away down the court, and wrestled control back for the Cavaliers. Now that precipitated another run in the same quarter, in the second, in which Donovan Mitchell scored eight uninterrupted points on a 10-0 Cavs run to open the lead up to 10. Those were big moments. Those were in the first half. Now, going into halftime with an eight-point lead, it didn't really get closer after that. 
But I will say the third quarter did not leave me feeling good because the Cavaliers played the Blazers to a dead tie. The lead didn't shrink. It didn't grow. But this was despite the fact that only one player on their team scored a basket in the starting lineup, and that was Jeremy Grant, who was two for seven in the third. Everybody else collectively in their starting lineup, all four other guys were 0 for 10. And yet, because their bench was basically perfect, not a single missed shot from anyone on their bench unit, we found ourselves still sitting on an eight-point lead going into the fourth. Now, this is where our man Max Struess came in. And this is exactly what you want from a veteran. I think it was pretty apparent that we should win going into that fourth, but an eight-point lead is not insurmountable. Max Struess made his impact then in making sure that the Cavaliers did not take their foot off the gas, and then they blew that thing open. At the end of the game, I mean, the Cavaliers at one point had an 18-point lead, eight minutes left in the quarter. So the first half of that fourth really was just a showcase of smart veteran play by Max Struess. And he finished the game leading the team in assists. So, yes, he shot like shit. But just consider the sequence to open the fourth quarter. Open the quarter with a spinning hook on the block. Then got Evan involved in a pick and roll shortly after that where he found the big man for a bucket. Jammed down his best dunk of the season, arguably, a highlight dunk. And finally, even managed to draw an offensive foul as he put himself in front of Jabari Walker, who was running down to help set up a play in the half court and just bowled him over. Those were all big plays by Struess. And it was capped off by a fuck you three from Donovan Mitchell that put the Cavaliers up by 18 points. And it was smooth sailing from there. So Nyang, a second game in a row, I thought he looked very comfortable. And you can tell he's starting to find looks in the half court. The threes aren't as rushed. They're not these quick, got to get it off before my defender closes. They're coming in the rhythm. One particular play in this game that was just beautiful was watching Donovan Mitchell take the ball from the left corner through the lane, but rather, I mean, they kind of closed off the attack lane to the rim, so he started to dribble it out, and when guys closed towards him, he found Yang for a top-of-the-key three that he just put down. It was so satisfying because it really feels like George Yang is starting to feel comfortable and find a rhythm. It wasn't a loud box score, but again, it was an efficient one. It was one where he shot over 50% from three, and I don't know what more you could ask than that for the Cavaliers. Now, I don't like to draw too many conclusions from a night like tonight, especially on the heels of just an absolute curb stomping from the Sacramento Kings. But, I mean, you have to win the games that are in front of you, and they delivered. So that's the important thing to take away from. But now we go home, and we'll get the Detroit Pistons, another team who's reeling, another team who has a lot of young, interesting guys, but not a team that should challenge us. And we need that win simply because we're about to take back-to-back -back games against the Sixers and the Nuggets, which will not be easy, which could certainly be the type of games that leave us feeling upset and distraught. So... Getting a second win here, getting the Cavaliers back to a 500 record, and getting some home cooking going would go a long way. Now, Evan Mobley. Mo what, that's the one guy I haven't touched on tonight, and that's really the guy who I think people came away the most excited tonight about because he imposed his will defensively, he imposed his will some offensively, and after a rather quiet second quarter, he came back to life in the second half to finish the game with a very respectable 20-10. and 10. It has been, as much as we've been up and down as a team, it somewhat kind of feels that way from Evan Mobley. And yet, 
when you look at the numbers on a per-minute basis, on a per-36-minute basis, he's up in everything. He's up in points, he's up in rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. Free throw percentage has taken an almost 10% increase for Evan, which is great. So yes, it's not universal. His percentages have fallen off slightly from two-point range, from inside, from close to the rim, but the counting metrics are up. And the counting metrics are more indicative of opportunity. And that's something that we've been calling for time and time again. Very rarely in the NBA do you see guys take on a much higher usage and become more efficient. So if anybody was expecting Evan to also become, all of a sudden, become a 2010 guy and to maintain high percentages... I would say just celebrate the fact that we're trending towards one of those two things at least. Look at Shaden Sharp. Look at him as a barometer. This is a man who, due to injuries and due to the fact that he's part of the future of the Portland Trailblazers, has taken on heavier usage. He's taken on more ball handling. He's taken on more creation responsibilities. And he, too, has seen a dip in field goal percentage, in three-point percentage, more volume generally brings more warts. But the other thing that we have to point out about Mobley, which is very encouraging early in this season, tonight, of Evan Mobley's 21 points, 10 of those came directly from Max Struess. And eight of those came in pick-and-roll situations with Max Struess. Multiple actions in this game saw Max Struess find Evan after getting the pick from him and him rolling down the lane. This is without Darius Garland in the lineup. We got a big-to-big pass from Jared Allen to him. We got him sprinting out in transition for a bucket. But in the half-court set, most of Mobley's success came in two-man actions with Max Struess. It's starting to click. All the talk about the work that they've done, the film with Bam Adebayo and everything else, to see this from Struess. And that's why a one-for-seven from three-night isn't nearly as crippling as that might be if it was Osman filling that role because he's finding ways to contribute that we generally did not get in the previous incarnation of this Cavalier roster. So Donnie's really the only guy I haven't touched on here in terms of his impact on the game. And I don't really even know what to say at this point. The guy hits difficult shots. He hits big threes. He identifies mismatches. You could tell he was eager when he got a Skylar Mays or when he got a Bouye on him to try to press his advantage and big impactful play. Nothing bigger than that stretch in the third where he ripped off eight consecutively. But you could tell he had his confidence going. He was pressing the issue. The only negative I'll say for Donovan Mitchell is he uh, he sold a bit of a flop on Tybal there late in the game. Just kind of threw himself on the ground. And AC wanted to apologize it away. But listen, if I'm going to sit here and rail on Draymond Green being the scumbag that he is, we can call a spade a spade and say that was a flop in a game that you were more or less dominating. Not necessary. Not necessary. So, uh, great game for the Cavaliers. I'm not going to throw a parade for beating the Portland Trailblazers, just like I wouldn't throw one for beating the Detroit Pistons. But we need to stack some wins here because this end-of-the-month schedule to get back-to-back games against Embiid and Jokic is certainly not going to be easy. And as bad as we might feel about the start of our season at 5-6, and six, the Cavaliers are one game out of sixth place. The Nets are six and five, the Knicks, the Hawks, the Magic, and the Cavs are right there with the Raptors at five and six. So we need to make up ground while the making is good. Back-to-back wins, that would just be, it would feel so good just to do that. I don't care if it's the Blazers and the Pistons. Can we please just have two in a row? So thank you 
to everybody who joined me. We're going to have another episode. I'm efforting a Pistons guest to release, you know, Friday before the game begins. But we'll see if that happens. I don't know. In any case, this is the Fear of the Fro podcast. Thank you for your subs. Thank you for your ratings. Thank you for your reviews. Thank you for just being the delightful, cavalier-loving people that you are. I'll be back. Okay, that's enough. Stop it! This has been another Fear the Fro It's over. podcast. That was pathetic. If you enjoyed what you heard today, put it on the highlight reel. Please consider subscribing. Check out FroPod.com for more Cavaliers and NBA coverage. That's what's on display here.